Welcome to the wild. My name is Laura Branning. And my name is Nate Gant. And we decided to come together with our knowledge, perspective, and expertise on life before, during, and after divorce. divorce. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. Here we are. I know that's like your automatic oh, sound you're going to make <laughs> every time. Maybe, possibly. Welcome to our Welcome to the Wild. Mm hmm. And what are we going to talk about today, Laura? Today we are talking about divorce being a journey. Not a war. Right. But it's not some blissful, all-inclusive journey. Walk in the park. It's not a walk in the park. Well, if the park had, like, meteors coming down, uh, murder hornets. Maybe some COVID. A little bit of rioting. Yeah. Really, the world is in the wild at the moment. But it's more about your perspective of it. Right. And far too often you look at it. And by you, I, I mean people going through it. They look at it as this is a war, not a journey. Because you're having to pick sides. Sure. People feel like they have to pick sides. Your family feels like they want to just be on your side to support you. You know, your ex's family may be very supportive of them and try to draw that line. That's a boundary they get to they get to have. Sure. And even your friends, they may even pick a side. And they might not. You might even get texts that say, hey, I'm Team Nate or I'm Team Laura. <laughs> Whatever it might be, you might get those. I know. It sounds like we're going through a divorce. <sighs> well, anyway. Wow, so, you just anyways me? Absolutely. I anyways you. And we know what that means. That's Do kind we, of. I think you should break it down a little bit. That is, in any ways, is like some, it's it's like the middle finger. You just gave me the middle finger, like we're moving on from here. I think you're a little defensive. Possibly. All right. Well, so, moving on. Great time for Just the Tips. And today on Just the Tips, what we're going to be talking about is, that's not your wife anymore. Or, or that's not your husband. Right. So when you are separated, this is no longer a identity that you have. Sure. And, and to specify, this is when you've decided, and maybe you've decided together, this relationship or this marriage is done. Mm -hmm. And many times what comes up, uh, and I had a very good friend who was kind enough every time I went to him with a complaint and said, she is doing X, Y, or Z. He said to me, She's not your wife anymore. Right. And this is that time where you can start to make that distinction and you can start to say, this is not my wife. This is not my husband. And it's okay for me to move on. And that is just the tips. So thank you again for listening to our podcast. We absolutely appreciate the love and support that we've gotten from everyone. Oh, and we'll take tons more of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like us on Facebook. On Instagram. And even write a review on iTunes is our... Please, please do. Yes. We would love to hear from you. So, also... We gotta re We have to, like, talk about what's our last few episodes. And I would say this. It's sometimes tougher to talk about these and unpack these things that have happened in our divorce than people might realize. 
Right. It's the forgetting what it's like to have a baby phase. These are things that once you've resolved them or healed from them, you kind of forget them. Which is fair. Yeah. And it's packed away. It's healthy. You don't have to live in this state forever. So I think that goes to say, if somebody's going through that at this moment, this is a temporary phase. It's like a raising a child. They're, you know, you're not always doing potty training. It may feel like it. <laughs> but it's temporary. Right. It really is temporary. And I think the thing that we tend to forget is that once you kind of get a handle on what's happened or where you're at, everything changes. Yeah. And that's why it's a journey. Well, and you're trying to be adaptive to the situation, accepting enough of just the reality that you're in. Yeah, it's all new. Oh, man. And as soon as you get a grasp on what's really happened, it all changes again. Yep. Isn't that what you just said? Yeah, but I'm trying I to follow. It. I recapped it. Mm-hmm. So even we got a we got a Facebook message that said, and what kind of brought up or spurred this episode, we got a Facebook message that said, oh my gosh, you just have such a great grasp on what it's like to get divorced and co-parenting. And I thought to myself, holy cow, every time I thought I had a great grasp on it, it all changed again. Yeah. Or I grew. Right. And I think this is where you're, again, it's a chance to be the bigger person. And not, it's not bigger than your ex. Right. Not bigger than your ex, but bigger than what you automatically want to reply with. Sure. Or present yourself as. Take a minute. Take a breath. Think about those kids if you're co-parenting, especially because you are going to be tied to this person forever. You are going to be the most faithful person in their life. Right. Maybe not. I don't know if I'd use that word. Uh, But you know what I mean. You're always there. Yeah. Omnipresent. (laughs) Wow. Way to go big words. (laughs) Well, not really. But it's someone that is going to be in your life no matter what. And it's not taking them for granted. You don't get to call them up and chew them out every time. That's not going to be productive in the long run. If you have kids to co-parent with or to co-parent, taking things out on that ex is not going to be helpful for your kids. Sure, sure. That's also, you have to remember too that, yes, you are losing an part of your identity of who you were. Mm-hmm. You were a husband. You were a wife. Right. But now you're not. Well, and it's also mourning the life that you had. you know, Or could have been. It could have been, yeah, that you thought you might have. And, I mean, I remember when I was still married, kind of in that spot, like I wasn't quite sure what was going on in my own head. I was possibly even kicking around the idea of divorce. So I tried just to be appreciative of where I was at. The gratitude attitude. And I look back at myself and go, oh my gosh, dummy. What were you thinking? But I was trying to be very present and trying to be very appreciative. Like here I had this full life, full house. I was married, had a 15-year marriage at that point. And man, three kids, two cats, two dogs, big house, great car. I mean, I had a life that looked really good on paper. And that's not that that's all that it was, but... It wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Sure. So knowing that that was 
something that I was giving up is what I felt like. Like I had almost betrayed myself. And it gets confusing too Mm -hmm. because you have a connection with this other person that hardly anyone else can understand. Right. You've grown up with them. Yeah. You've become adults with them. Become adults with them. Those major purchases, those life events are with this person that you're no longer with anymore. It's confusing. Yeah. But you're still connected to them. And I will say this. I remember sitting in mediation with my ex and I, it's when it dawned on me. It's when it dawned on me that I've, we have this connection. I know her better than anyone else on the planet at Mm -hmm. this point in time. But that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be together. Right. It just means that I know her better than anyone else. Yeah. And that includes triggers. What makes her mad? She knows how to make you mad. I mean, even if they don't. How could I ever make anyone mad, Laura? (laughs) Okay. Did you want to go there? No. (laughs) I think you just anyways me, but go on. But, and not that they know that they're making you mad. like Or they mean to. Right. Or they mean to. Like you, it can just be the sound of their voice that makes you frustrated. I remember it was hard for me to talk with my ex at some points that it was better if we sent texts or emails because it was too emotional. Sure. And you take something wrong. You have even 20 years with this person Now you're splitting that life. And you're taking different paths. You're taking different paths. But yet you're taking the different paths together at the same time if you have kids together. Yeah. But what they do is not a reflection of you and vice versa. So this is a big one with what they do. Because many times when when they do something, you automatically feel the need to respond. And by you, Laura, I don't mean you, but I mean me. I felt the need to respond. (laughs) Or I considered at the time doing things because she did X, I'm going to do Y. Right. So she has a boyfriend. So what should I do now? (laughs) Should I have a girlfriend? Well, and it's not, it really is not a competition, even though you feel that. There is a almost subliminal message that you are competing, that you both, both want to be in healthy relationships, moving forward. You've both moved on. It's great. Like them being in a relationship is them moving on. So they've won. Ooh. And I hate to lose. I hate to lose too. I hate to lose more. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Being competitive with that person, I mean, here you have this identity crisis. You're being competitive with someone. You're feeling like you're on quicksand anyway. It's frustrating. You don't know where you are, what you're doing, what your next move is. So you're kind of grasping for anything. And being vindictive to your ex is not the answer. Just to get a reaction. But it feels right. It may feel right at the moment. And it may feel fantastic. But I'm here to tell you. It's not productive in the long run. This is like that moment of saying, I love you, but. I love you, but. And when you say the but, it erases everything before that. Right. Done and done. I know a big game changer for me when I was going through this. It was a very close friend of mine sent me a suggestion. He bought it for me and sent it to me. It was a book called Ego is the Enemy. 
mm-hmm. because your biggest shots to your ego are what spur you to make the dumbest decisions ever. Right. And that was a game changer for me was this book, Ego is the Enemy. And it was learning when I was in the middle of my mediation, in the middle of my divorce, to put my ego to the side. And, and it is a tough one. I had to ask myself, is this my ego or is this important? Ooh. How'd that work out for you? I'm not saying I was did well every time, but it helped me to slow down, to take a minute, and to look at it and say, is this my ego or is this important? Right. And having a point where you actually can deal with your ex and have it be just about the kids, you tend to put yourself aside. And that's where there's more room for love and growth for your children. And like we said in the beginning, as you get through this, as soon as you feel like you have a grasp of, okay, I'm now all right that they are dating. Mm -hmm. Or that they're out there in the world that they're dating or they're doing, they're seeing other people. The questions that pop into your mind many times are, what does this mean for our relationship? Especially if it's really quick. What's really quick? Them seeing other people. Oh, that you feel like they have moved on. Right. Well, and it feels like they've moved on when they're really in a very similar place. Dating all these different things, hanging out with friends, going and doing whatever is a great way to distract yourself from that moment. It doesn't mean they're doing it better. Or that they've moved on. Right. Or that you did something wrong or that questions what what you once had. Right. And again, what they're doing is none of your business. Because that's not your wife anymore or your husband. Right. Just like whatever you're doing is none of their business. So what are some what are some things here that people can do on a practical level to start to make that separation? Well, what. I happen to do a lot. Um, I even went through some of my old pictures to kind of see where I was at that point in my life too. I definitely went to do more things with my friends. I made sure that I was social, that I was active at the gym. Um, I happened to do a Spartan race. I did a super, it was 10 miles down in Sacramento. And this was when I was supposed to be finalized or just about Maybe it was maybe just after. It was wonderful to have that time with my friends. And it finally felt like I was coming into my own. And what did that mean to you as a woman who's been married for so long? Like you're coming into your own as if you're growing up and becoming an adult. What's that like? Yeah, having my own identity, like being able to be my singular person because I never felt that when I was married, I had a joint identity. I was a wife. I was connected with him. Sure. I think that comes back to things we've talked about before is like, remember when we talked about your gut mm-hmm. and coming back to that and, and like kind of reestablishing, like you need to be able to check in with your gut. Be like, is this okay? Right. And it, I don't know that that was something I would have done with him When we were through marriage counseling, I actually did a Spartan on Mother's Day. So much fun. I was so thankful for all of my friends. My kids came too, so they got to see their mom do that on a Mother's Day. My ex was standing there with them the whole time, so that was wonderful. But it still felt so separate. So then having these events and these things that I was doing with my friends, then I finally felt like I had more of this independence. Like I'm 
making sure my luggage is packed. I would do that anyway, but if it's just me, it took on a whole new meaning. Getting all of my flights scheduled and, you know, taking care of my house when I was out of town, all of these things were on my shoulders and I could not forget. Like I was going to pay the price if I didn't have a ride home, if I, you know, didn't plan these things. Now, were you still married at this point? No, that's what I'm saying. So like when I was then doing these Spartan races after, okay, then it took on a whole new meaning for me. But being able to go do those things with my friends and, you know, have an Airbnb with, what is it, 10, 15 other people, it's fantastically fun. And to go and do that on my own without being married, it t- just took on a whole new meaning. It was so much more independence. When was the last time that you had done something like that on your own, not being married? How long had it been? Since before I was married? Yeah. How many years are we talking about? I mean, oh my goodness. It was a long time. 18 years. True. Yeah. A lifetime. It is a lifetime. That's a, that's an adult. Right. Right. (laughs) We all go through these changes and I think it looks different for men versus women as well. Because I think there's a little bit of men as being a man where we segregate out or we separate things differently than women do. Mm-hmm. So that part wasn't as challenging for me. For me, it was always trying to figure out what do I do with my boys when I have them? How do I play mom? How do I kiss the boo-boo to make it better? It was more challenging in the times I had my kids. Not that I hadn't had them by myself before. But figuring out how to play that motherly role and that fatherly role at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had felt like I had done so much of that already. I was working from home, doing real estate, juggling the kids. My ex was out at work for sure. 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. I would take kids to showings. I mean, my kids had been at closings. Mm-hmm. My clients knew my kids. My kids knew my clients. It was just the world that I lived in. So I was always doing those things. So even when we had first separated, maybe even just a few months from after we had separated, I had called up my ex because one of the fights that we would have a lot was that I hated that he would put the drain stopper on the counter from at the kitchen sink. Oh my lord! I can't believe we do that. I know. (laughs) Say it ain't so. The Mm -hmm. injustices. It just had been something that we kind of, I barked at him about. Well, living on my own in that same house, it kept happening. How in the world could it keep happening? Oh. Was it a ghost or what was it? It must have been a ghost. Who was it, Laura? Yeah, of course. It was me. So I made the point to call my ex. I was like, hey, I know this is kind of weird, but I just really want to apologize for yelling at you or picking a fight over this stupid drain stopper thing it was totally me i mean the poor guy he's like well yeah i thought well i'm just i'm realizing it now so take the win take it put it in your pocket and put a smile on your face yes i wanted because part of it was to build the rapport with him too and i thought he should really take a win or get a win I think we should all take a win when we can. Right. And I thought that was important. I was almost hoping that he would say something back, but I had thought about it enough that I was prepared for it. I shouldn't have expected him to just say, oh, yeah, and sorry about this, because that's what I did. And that's part of 
kind of eliminating your expectation on your ex. Which makes it easier for everyone. Yeah. And this is, you got to remember, guys, that when we talk about this now, it's very cleaned up. It's very organized. It's, there's no emotion attached to it. So it's different now than when it was actually happening. Yeah, we've gone through enough of our own therapy and experiences, and there's been time in between then and now. The experience and now, because when you're in it, that's not how it goes. Yeah, I mean, that's why we literally say our knowledge, perspective. And expertise. Yeah. (laughs) Not that we're like experts at this. We've just seen stuff. No, we've been through it, and we've, we've taken the time to look at it, to unpack it, to analyze it. Right. And it's hard. Take the time to do those things. Yeah. And it feels like you're just stuck in this downward spiral and it is just temporary. And remember, if you're in this now, you're probably experiencing some of the lowest moments of your life. And what I think one of the things that you need to remember is that you're not judged on your lowest moments or your highest moments. Those don't define who you are as a person, your lowest moments or your highlights. Right. So keep that in mind. Don't don't judge yourself here. Give yourself some time to breathe because it will get better. It will get better. And it is very easy to look at something like Facebook and see people going to Disneyland. And you're thinking, man, I just went through a separation. I'm not going to be taking my kids to Disneyland anytime soon. Ever. Right. It feels like ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe you will. But at that moment, it doesn't feel like it's even likely. You also have to remember that you are now in a long-term play, so to say. Don't let the resentment that you might feel, the anger, the hurt, or maybe even the depression, yeah, determine what that future looks like. Because it is just temporary. Everything changes. Your relationship with your ex will change. Your relationship to yourself will change. Your relationship to, with your friends will change. Mm-hmm. And your friends will probably change too. Yeah, just be on their own journeys anyway. Absolutely. But there's even a point where I needed to find some sort of outlet. And that was where I really dove into music. Like that was my thing that I held on to. Who was your go-to? Well, I first started off with listening to a bunch of John Mayer. Like I did this. There was... Um, like your body's wonderland, John no, Mayer? No, like... <laughs> Dreaming with a broken heart so that you give her a rose and then she's not there when you wake up. And here I'm envisioning I get that it's a sappy love song. And whether he's lost somebody in his life or broken up with someone. But I envision that as my best friend. Oh, heart wrenching. Like that one going. Oh, it was it was not fun. But I was trying to feel all of my feelings. So I was staying in that well, that low place to try to feel everything so then I could move on. So I could, you know, build my own bricks to step out of the well. Like it sounds so... It sounds sappy. (laughs) It sounds so sappy. Cheesy. What I really found when I was listening to all of that John Mayer was Ron Pope. That His music, that man carried me through my journey into the wild. Tell us how. Tell us, yeah, because I identified with so many of these songs that he had and I would play it over and over and it would help keep me in that well. Uh, Part of coming out with that, too, I had another segment where I listened to Nick Jonas a lot. Okay. Well, he has a song called Bacon and it got sent to me. 
So I just downloaded the whole album. I needed something different than my well of John Mayer and Ron Pope. If I still go back to my Apple Music Mm -hmm. and listen to my 25 most played, it gets rough. It does get rough. There's so much emotion attached to it. Well, I played those songs, like the heck out of those songs. So Mm -hmm. my songs I listened to were Macklemore, Good Old Days. And the song changed for me. So I listened to, if you've never listened to it, read the words, uh, pull it up and read the words. You would send me like screenshots of the words. You sent me the song. Yeah. (laughs) And that was when I first listened to it, I thought, oh, my gosh, I missed out on the good old days of my life. Like I felt like and during these, well, instead of the dog days of summer, the dog days of divorce, we'll call it. It was. I felt like I missed out on my life. I, mm-hmm. I missed out on all the good parts and I let them pass by. Well, and it was almost like you wasted it. Yeah. Yeah. You had all this to enjoy and you skipped right over it mm-hmm. and you looked for something better. But when I started to listen to it, the further I got into my divorce, I realized what if these are the good old days right now? And that's what the lyrics are. What if these are the time, the times that seem terrible, the times that seem rough? What if these are the good old days? And that's when I realized I had to enjoy these moments and these times with my boys. I had to find out more about myself. I had to dig deeper so that I could create these memories with my children. And I had to create them, not even for my children, because if you only do things for your children, you will miss out. You have to do them for you. Right. That's pretty sappy there. Way to go, wow. Nate. Geez, didn't mean to bring it down a notch, but but that's the truth. <laughs> well, and the, the hard work is done in the downtime. That was something that I dealt with my friend with cancer, with Holly. We knew that when things were really, really rough, that was when the coping strategy was put in place. What we were going to do, what was going to happen, kind of when you got down to the brass tacks. What were those coping strategies? Um, it was trying to realize what the good points were um what the bad was and acknowledging it what was one of the good points give us an example oh man that she got to write how the end of her story went she could have either just succumb to everything just let it happen or be there for her kids and i did my best so she could be there for her kids as well and try to keep her spirits up like that was kind of my job like un my unspoken role is that I was there to help lift her spirits and give her a lot of direction. I was like her own PR person. Sure. (laughs) And so I would try to like coach her through something, whether it was a health incident at the hospital or even if we were doing some kid event by taking all the kids to a local water park that she wasn't sure that she could do that. But here I was eight months pregnant going to throw on a swimsuit and take my best friend with cancer and her four kids to the water park with my two little boys. And that's what every woman who's eight months pregnant wants to do is throw on a swimsuit and go to the water park. Yeah. And I did and I loved it. (laughs) One of the other songs that got me besides the Macklemore song was Burning Man by Brothers Osborne. You sent me that one too. (laughs) Yeah. I've sent that to everyone. It's also on my 25 Thanks. I'm no longer special. (laughs) Sorry, but that one spoke to me because it realized what I, what I used to be and what I was now. I'm a little bit burning man, but I'm a little bit holy water. So I'm becoming better as a human being, but yet I still got this 
bad boy side to me at times. This bad boy side to well, you? Oh, don't laugh at me. That's really what we're going to call that? I don't know what to say. You want to okay. call it something better, that'd be great. Huh. Well, not. Okay. Maybe a guy with no direction. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> sure, we can say that. Well, and another one that was that Let It Go song, and not the one from Frozen. It was the version by James Bay. So it would come up on the John Mayer, Ron Pope rotation, and it would just tear me apart because it was like you had to accept that this separation was happening. I didn't want to be a failure in my life. Right. Because that's exactly how I felt. I saw it. And I felt like I was failing my kids. I felt like I failed my spouse, my parents, well, my mom. And it felt like I was just failing everyone. Like I was some big fraud. And failing everyone else can be as hard or harder than feeling like you failed yourself. Mm-hmm. Because Lord knows you can get over failing yourself. Right. Well, in theory, you could. At the time, I didn't feel like it. Yeah. I felt like I was in such a hole in my life. Like it just felt like this well that I couldn't get out of, that I wouldn't ever get out of. And remember, it's just temporary. It's like potty training a child. Yeah. And I don't know that I'm to the spot where I thought I would be, but I'm happy with where I'm at. And I never thought I would get to a place where I could look back without resentment, where I could look back and smile or laugh or be okay with what was. Yeah. But that's just part of the process. What was, and it gives you a new chance at a new beginning. Right. And that new beginning sounds so great. It's a It feels like it should be really fresh and brand new and shiny, and it's not. It takes a while to build. I think all of my passwords during that time were new life or new beginning. Like I changed all these different passwords I set up because now I have these accounts that are on my own, and they all started with new life or new beginning. Well, and so many of my passwords had involved like both of our initials or love or these what felt like sappy things because now, dang it, I was going through a divorce. I was a damaged woman. Yeah, you mentioned before that you went through this whole gratitude phase Mm -hmm. and it was cheesy. But at the same time, you have to learn to be grateful for what you did have, for what was good. Right. Because if you don't, you're just filled with resentment and remorse. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a new phase. Yeah. Everyone tells you you get, to, you get a chance at a new life and you can build whatever you want and it can be overwhelming. So. Well, and they tell you that you're fine. You're going to be fine because it's like if you then find a new partner, then you just picked up where you left off in life. Ooh. And just so you know, folks, it doesn't work quite like that. Right. <laughs> and appre- I appreciated somebody saying that I was going to be fine. Like I look back, I appreciate their intention. But that was not where my headspace was. I basically wanted to tell them to go away. Is that what you really was, were thinking? Was no. go away? No. Wow. You know, and it's it's hard because part of this re revisiting anything with my separation, I've tried to really back a lot of that away. Like I've tried to package that up, compartmentalize it, and put it away. Going back to all of these things that were really so traumatic, it's hard to share that and then also say exactly what I want to (laughs) say. Yeah. I Because we've talked about this before. For me, it wasn't music. Mm -hmm. For me, what I... I mean, part of it was music, sure. 
But the other side of it was Tony Robbins. So I listened to hours and hours of, I believe it's called the Breakthrough app with Tony Robbins. I would literally, I believe there was 300 hours on there. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it more than once. I listened to all of it. I could quote it. I listened to everything Tony Robbins had had to offer on YouTube. I watched it. I listened to it. I knew it. I could rehearse it. I had rehearsed it. I could quote it back to you. I'm good. Yeah. You can keep that to yourself. No offense, Tony. Tony, you're great. Yeah. But that was a th- something in that season of life that helped me. And mm-hmm. just because something helps you in a season of life doesn't mean it's meant to be there forever. Right. doesn't have to. But finding it's almost like finding a crutch, something to get you through it. Because even after I had these low spots with all of that music, it's really when I dove more, and this is kind of punny, into listening to Jimmy Buffett. And so I'd listen to Jimmy Buffett radio on Pandora. (laughs) So I would have all this like coastal country. It was Southern music. I know that's country too. There was reggae, Hawaiian music. It was perfect. It was something that helped transport my mind somewhere else. It was so good. It was like my mini vacation all the time. Weird, weird thing to add here. I have a good friend that got kicked out of a Jimmy Buffett concert once by Jimmy Buffett. And so he's still kind of mad at Jimmy Buffett for that. Oh, where was the concert at? I don't know. He I feel like I much. need to know details. He what just, did he do to make Jimmy Buffett mad? Really? He looks like the happiest person on the planet. Well, yeah, apparently not for this friend. Well, wow. Yeah. I know those kind of people that have that much fun for Jimmy Buffett to kick them out of his concert. Oh, he was not one of the parrots. Nope. Hmm. Interesting. But remember, you're not defined by your lowest moments. By getting kicked out of a Jimmy Buffett concert. (laughs) Or your highlight reel. (laughs) Right. And don't compare your daily life to social media, to other people's highlight reel. Absolutely. Right? I think that's fair to say. (laughs) One of the things we start to get into now when we're looking at this time in life is, is who you get to keep after your separation as friends and who kind of maybe go to the other quote unquote team Mm -hmm. or they choose the other side. And this can be the most confusing part of all of it. Yeah. I think the most confusing part is, is you've had a person who's been in your life for, for Laura and I, it was both for a number of years. We had this person that we looked to as a, as a partner, as someone to bounce things off of as our advocate and all of a sudden, one day, they're, you start to look at them as your adversary, and yeah, that's, I, which is not how you want to look at them, but you do automatically. Right, because divorce is not a war. So they say. And it feels like it. And I get it. But bigger picture, it's not. You've got kids involved. Remember that they are the ones you're trying to protect and take care of this entire time. That is still their parent. Yeah, that's still their mother. That's still their father. There's half of that person in them. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk bad about them, you're talking bad about your kid. Yeah, and they're going to go see that person. So why would they not want to love to go see the other parent? Yeah. This child maybe this child loves the person that you don't like anymore. And let's face it, they might look just like them. Yeah, and do things just like your ex. I think the worst part is when they start to do things that is the worst part of yourselves, yourself, that you don't like. 
like when my kids do something that is the part of me that I don't like, it is like nails on a chalkboard. And then they do maybe right after that, the things that their mother does that I'm not particularly fond of. (laughs) It is like double nails on the chalkboard. Mm -hmm. And my ex and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. So we both know that they do things that I don't like about her and that she doesn't like about me. And we can laugh about it now. Now you can. Now we can a couple of years later. But it's also really important to realize more is caught than taught. Ooh. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But those friends, right, going back to those friends that you keep after your separation or your divorce, there's a lot of times that I would look at it and I would wonder, what do those friends think? Yeah. What story did they hear? Because maybe your ex told them first, and maybe that's why they get to keep those friends. I have some friends that I miss so much, but I also don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I remember when friends would say to me, we're not choosing sides. Right. And they meant it in the most sincere, greatest way possible. We want to remain friends with both of you. And I'll be honest, that made me, because I was lying before this moment, by the way, um joking uh (laughs) now you'll be honest now i'll be honest finally those it bothered me at the time because it felt like i was being abandoned i wasn't they were trying to say hey we support both of you we like both of you we appreciate both of you as friends but that was challenging to hear in those moments Mm -hmm. well and i even had it where or people may experience this where the your former in-laws Your ex-in-laws don't want to pick a side. They do want to support you. But it is very hard for them because that is their flesh and blood. So holding, don't hold it against them if they end up taking your ex-spouse's side. They're just supporting their own family. Which is fair. Yeah. And it may hurt. It may sting. But the fact of the matter is that is their family. This is also your time when you think about, because I think about our first quote-unquote real holiday Mm -hmm. and for me it was fourth of july and i'd we'd always spent fourth of july with my ex's parents at their lake place she was out of town and i ended up spending that day with my now ex-in-laws and my kids and you'd already been separated we'd already been separated for this point for six weeks Mm mm-hmm is that is that really the timeline or is this the Nate timeline? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I... <laughs> Give or take. I could probably be wrong. Timeline's messy. But we did that holi- that last holiday together. And that was the decision I made because I wanted my boys to know that these are people that I still care about that are still important to me. Mm-hmm. It was so rough and so hard. N- nobody did anything to hurt me. N- nothing was awkward by anyone else. But I realized moving forward, this isn't the best thing for me. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, the boys and I have to create our own memories. Well, and it's creating new traditions. And that's something that you've tried to build with someone for so many years. And now you get the chance to create your own traditions. And that's going to look different. And everyone has to learn to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Whether that be ex-in-laws your spouse, your ex-spouse. Yeah, I mean, I even had made it because I don't have very much family that lives by me. My mom had come into town. We went and watched a movie on Thanksgiving, like went to the theater, 
totally will we, empty. Will we ever do that again? Look at see a movie in a movie theater? We may not. Right. <laughs> yeah. After right. COVID, who knows? It'll happen. It'll be fine. To go see a movie on Thanksgiving in a theater, I was going to a friend's house for Thanksgiving. So graciously accepted me, my three kids, and my mom. So it was wonderful to have a place that I could go that I knew that they were waiting for me with open arms. Yeah. They were waiting for me and my family. That was part of knowing who my tribe really was. I also don't have family close by. Mm -hmm. When that first day came up and it it was Thanksgiving and I had my kids, I didn't know what to do. Because am I going to cook Thanksgiving dinner all by myself for two boys? Like, am I really going to be able to cook cook a turkey? At this point in time, probably not. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But this is when my tribe got built. And it was was a friend. We played on the same golf team for, at this point, over 10 years. And he said, come to my house. Bring the boys. We're having Thanksgiving dinner with me. Right. And my family. The most gracious offer that could have ever been extended to me. So if you're one of those people that are listening that has a friend going through divorce, feel free to offer, to extend that offer to come to your house for... Just include them. Include them. And it's okay if they say no. Right. And keep trying. Keep trying to include them, whether it's going to a lake place during the summer, whether it's going to that cabin in the snow for the winter, whatever it may be. Just try to include them because their life is totally getting put in a blender and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I I remember too even my mom making a comment that well people going through a divorce they don't they don't like to spend time with married people. Oh, right, because now you're changing your friends that you can or should be around. There's a lot of people that go through that. They make a sweeping generalization. Yep. And so we're married, they're not now, so now we can't hang out with them. Right. And is that true, Laura? I don't think that's true at all. Like, I hang out with married couples all the time. It's very exciting. I'm always like the fifth wheel. <laughs> Whatever. You're going to make some joke about it. What? No, I'm not that witty right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's usually my job anyway. I'm waiting for Witty Laura Productions to come up with something <laughs> and let me know about it. I will. I'll let you know. So, hanging out with married friends. I even had done a Spartan race in Canada with... Two of my friends' husbands. Like it was rent-a-husband weekend. It kind of <laughs> was funny. I thought, I mean, it felt like we were at camp together. Like literally we were watching movies, having snacks. And Did you bring the snacks? No, I did oh. not bring the snacks. The mom did not bring the snacks. Interesting. Yeah. So. Did I throw you off that much? Now you don't know what to bit. say. It was a little, little distracting. So. Having those close friends that were married or not married was important for me to have. If they were in a relationship or not, that I wasn't letting that define them because I didn't want it to define me. Brilliant. Right? Yeah. Too shabby. The therapy was paying off. So knowing that I had these friends, it just didn't matter. It mattered to me if I actually enjoyed their company and if they were decent to me. Because I felt like I was, you know, this horrible person for going through a divorce. And I didn't want people to not hang around me. It wasn't like the divorce was going to spread to them. (laughs) Like they were suddenly going to get a divorce. 
Like right. I was going to talk the wives into getting divorced because I don't want anybody to go through divorce. I wouldn't wish divorce on anyone. We are not pro-divorce. No, but being divorced, it's amazing. And I think <laughs> with that being said, if given the choice of you can live happily ever after and married or be divorced... You probably still would have went down the path of being happily married if that was an option or if that could have worked. Right. If it really could have worked. And I mean, I absolutely believe in marriage. That is something I wish for myself again. I'm not in a rush for it. It's not something I don't have my dress ready. That's. Oh, she does, dudes. <laughs> I do not have my dress ready. <laughs> and. That, that did throw me off. Dang it. <laughs> I hate you sometimes. <laughs> How's this, that for conflict? And that's not the first time a woman's ever said that to me. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. Yeah, well, at least it's some sort of emotion. Yep. We got that. <laughs> we got that. Go Team Aquarius. Oh, Lord. Yep. <laughs> but that's a topic for another day. I did not expect you to go with Go Team Aquarius. <laughs> oh, man. So... But yeah, going towards towards those friends that actually enjoyed my company and were healthy to be around because you could get into that kind of ex bashing really quick. Like, oh, yeah, did you hear or did? No, oh, my goodness. It just it puts you back. You lose all of your progress. You lose maybe not all of it, but you lose a lot of it and it's not productive. So my going back to my friend that invited me to come over for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. and that's now where we've spent, I've spent Christmas, I've spent Thanksgiving for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that first Thanksgiving, I started to go down a path of saying some things about my ex and being like, I don't know if we ever really had feelings for each other. Right. And Well, because you begin to question a lot anyway. And you don't. At that point in time, I didn't know what was up, what was down, or anything like that. And he called me out on the carpet and said, I've spent enough time at your house. I've spent enough time with you and your ex. That's not true. Mm -hmm. And you need to put that to the side. And you need friends like that in your life. You mm -hmm. need to embrace them and be grateful for them every day. Because yes. they will remind you of what the truth is. That's kind of the one of the reasons we did this podcast. Mm -hmm. Was sometimes you have friends in your life that because they're your boys or they're your girls or whatever it might be, they will just automatically agree with you when you actually need pushback in your life. Mm -hmm. You need someone to remind you of what the truth really is because you can't see it anymore. Right. You're too close to the situation. You're too hurt. It's that being the third degree burn victim. Like your skin is too sensitive. Your ego is too sensitive and you need that balance in your life. So one of those truth speakers in my life, uh, he came to me actually right before my divorce was being finalized and, and invited me to go on a trip with him to Nashville. And I did the timelines on when the trip was, and I realized that's going to be right about the time my, my divorce is finalized and the house we lived in was going to be closed on. So Oh, for, big. Yeah. Big moments. Perfect timing. And if you ever get this opportunity, if you're going through this now, if you get a chance to go on a trip, take it at this point in time. Right. And even if it's a trip, like I had a trip to the Bahamas and it was for a work trip. It was for a real estate convention, 
but it was something I was going to do on my own. I was going to meet friends there, you know, from my office, and I made friends at the different offices through my company. But I mean, I made friends on the plane ride to the Bahamas. Right. So, right. I mean, I I've never met a stranger. <laughs> so, anyways, he invites me to go mm-hmm. and I end up going on this trip. Um had to switch weekends with my ex-wife, the whole the whole 9 yards. And we up going and it was he was actually going through his first breakup. He was going through his first breakup oh, after, after his, his divorce. Oh. So, he wasn't the best person to go on a trip with. Right. Because he was he was mopey. It was like getting divorced a second time. Yeah, and you didn't understand where he really was because you didn't have the perspective. I was very sensitive, and I believe I said, get over it. This is bullshit. You just need to move on. Mm-hmm. She's a horrible person. Oh, that's super helpful. You know, I'm very sensitive to these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go on this trip. We end up having a great time. We meet a lot of phenomenal people. Nashville is the greatest place on the planet. It's, it is like 10 times better than Vegas because you meet people all different age groups and they're all like, you want to have fun? Cause I want to have fun too. Let's have fun together. That's where I fell in love with a doctor. Oh my goodness. You did not fall in love. You did not know what that even meant. No, but literally when people asked us why we were in Nashville, because that's what they do in Nashville. What are you here for? Oh, I'm here for a bachelorette party. I'm here for blah, blah, blah. And I said, I got divorced yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I fell in love with a doctor. Because that seems like the appropriate sequence of events. Yep. I got divorced yesterday and then I fell in love with a doctor. But <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those trips that I'll never forget. No. Because it was so timely and just when it happened in my life and when it occurred, it was one of those times like we've talked about before that I needed, I needed relief from the pressure. Well, you needed a distraction. Needed a distraction for sure. And so we were only in Nashville for three days. We went to a Predators game, which is probably the best sporting event I've ever went to. We went to a Titans football game, which is probably the worst sporting event I've ever went to. Um, <laughs> the good with the bad. Yeah, but they were back-to-back days. Uh, I met the doctor, um, and we're, we're flying back on the airplane, and I got a text from my ex-wife. And just so you know, if you haven't been through a divorce yet, it's random when you find out when when you're actually officially divorced. Not it, for everyone. No, but my documents have been sent in several, like roughly a week before, Mm -hmm. but it's set on a judge's desk and they just get to it when they get to it. Yeah, but it's about a week. Yeah, it it took about a week. When it's all agreed upon, even if your divorce goes to trial, it's about a week. So now you know. (laughs) This is now I know. So it was a Monday. Mm -hmm. Um, We're flying back from Nashville and the text comes through on the plane and it said. I was told by by our mediation specialist that our divorce is finalized and they asked me to pass the information on to you. So here I am on a five-hour flight from Nashville to Seattle and we're roughly an hour and a half in and I find out I'm divorced. 
and I have no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing all these emotions that I don't know how to handle, how to process. Well, and so what's the timeline, give or take, from when you filed to being finalized? We can we can call it four months. Okay. Roughly four months. Because it four does months. take 90 days in the state of Washington to have sure. a divorce finalized. And... It, it was a long fiasco. It was a fiasco. It got our timelines got goofed up for about a month because of a mistake that was made on our on the person who did our mediation. Right, and it doesn't have necessarily mean that you will be divorced in ninety days. You just can be divorced in ninety days. And we'll talk about mediation and what the process is like in another episode. But you kind of have to babysit it and make sure that they're doing their jobs too. Right. Ugh. Just because they're dealing with more than one divorce. Well, and my divorce took, oh goodness, almost 18 months to finalize. Right. So, and I remember I had a close friend. It was one of my guides. And he had told me, you know, hey, just be prepared for this to take longer than you expect. And it kind of seemed like it was like building a house like that was the only way I could really understand it. Like, okay, you'll think it's going to take this long or like a remodel in your house. It's going to take three weeks and it ends up taking eight. Seven, eight, yeah. <laughs> right. And it costs a lot more and it looks totally different than you expected in the first place. And it always costs a lot more. It always costs a lot more. So. Which is only money and money only matters when you don't have enough. Right. <laughs> so. Here I am on this plane. I'm mm-hmm. stuck in a in a, an aluminum tube. Being with, hurtled across the United States. With a hundred and some other people that I don't know. I'm not sitting next to my friend. I'm sitting by myself. I didn't know what to do. So, in true Nate fashion, I decided that we need to order some drinks. And we've talked about before, like, passing up on the bottle. But this was a time where... This is a moment. It's a moment. And so I don't remember what type of whiskey. I think I ordered Jameson. So I, I, I ordered two shots of Jameson. And flight attendant brought it to me. She didn't even charge me for it, which is great. Thank you, whoever that was, whichever <laughs> airline it was. And they brought it to me, and I sat there, and I thought, what should we drink to? And there's a Ben Harper song that says, one drink to remember, one drink to forget. Or one drink to remember, two drinks to forget. I apologize. So I took that first one and out of what was gratitude for me, I remembered all the great times that we had together Mm -hmm. and how we had created two beautiful boys and we had had this life and I was going to always be grateful for it. And I toasted her and I said, thank you for all these wonderful things that you gave me. Does she know that? No. I mean, she knows now. She knows now, possibly. (laughs) And then I took the second drink and I kind of mourned what could have been. Mm-hmm. Not kind of, I did. And I thought about all the things that could have been and I mourned those things and I put those things to bed and to rest. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of forgiving yourself. I don't think it's kind of, I think it is. You have to remember to forgive yourself, to forgive your ex. So that you can have the opportunity to move on from there. Yeah. I mean, then I ordered two more shots after that, but that was just <laughs> getting to the forgetting part. 
you're gonna really make sure that those nails were in that coffin i figured i had seven more hours till i got home so it was gonna be just fine <laughs> you weren't flying the plane no i wasn't I or wasn't. in life <laughs> right right i was like jesus take the wheel yep again there you go oh man so taking my trip to the bahamas thinking that's when I was going to be finalized. It was also negotiating co-parenting. I was going to be now be gone for a week. And we had had temporary orders, so we didn't have the parenting plan necessarily that he wanted or that I wanted that somebody else had told us that we were going to have. So dealing Which is interesting. Yeah, so somebody else... probably not the best plan if you can avoid somebody else suggesting your co-parenting plan. Right, Well, and that was our thing that extended the time for us to get divorced, was our parenting plan. We figured out a bunch of mediation, which is called bifurcation, and then just dealt with the parenting plan. But, so here I was, hoping that was going to be that trip. Like, I even went on dates when I was in the Bahamas. (laughs) kinder works down there because i could it does (laughs) yep so i mean very exciting no but my trip to be there with people that i worked with whether they were in my local office or in another state and i've come become close friends with those people and it was this time that it was just me my own identity being who i was and it was very very freeing Although when my divorce was actually finalized, oh my goodness, um, I was, was I was, and it was about a year from the time I was in the Bahamas. So making it about 18 months from actual separation. Wow. Um, It was so rough. I remember having it being finalized um, and then waiting that week until actually having the paperwork and my grandmother passed away. And it was one of my favorite people on the planet. And, you know, my family had told me, well, you know, she's not here to miss you being at her funeral. I'm like, yeah, but grandma knows. And I couldn't even afford to go. Like, it wasn't even an option. Um, I was in this relationship. Like, I was even too worried to put that I was in a relationship with someone. And we had already been living with each other at that point like if you're not ready to say that you're in a relationship and you're living together maybe it's not going to work out when you say you weren't ready to say you're in a relationship you mean like on social media yeah on social media be public about that like my friends knew that i had a boyfriend he lived with me he obviously had met my kids been around my kids i'd been with him for nine months at that point so it was just a lot to deal with. I feel like you were living in sin. Yeah, and it, but it, before it was actually finalized is when she passed away. So it was like it spared me from her knowing that I was a failure. Wow. Yeah, that was that was really tough for me. Um, yeah, I'm even getting choked up about it because I wanted to be there. I wanted to be there to show my respect and my love and how much I adored her but I already knew she knew so I kind of had to swallow that pride of not making it back to Minneapolis 
not going to see my family that was there um, for a person that meant so much to me. And I was angry. I was mad at the divorce. I was mad at, sometimes I was mad at my ex, but I was more mad at myself because I'd felt like such a failure. And for letting this happen. For letting this happen. And that just plain sucked. It was hard. I think so many times we, it's easy to get stuck in, I let this happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's, that's, that's hard to forgive yourself for. And that's what the shame gets wrapped up in. Right. I let this happen. Well, and there's a lot of grief that's packed into that. It's a life event. Yeah. So it's really, really tough. But yeah. And if you haven't experienced grief before, the best way grief has been described to me is grief is like an ocean. So it comes in waves. So especially in the beginning, the frequency is is it's it's dramatic it's huge it's like a storm's coming and it knocks you down (laughs) and then as soon as you stand back up it knocks you down again it also shoves sand everywhere yeah in all kinds of places (laughs) but over time the frequency gets less and less and those waves get farther and and less frequent right the thing about grief that people people don't like to think about or remember is that sometimes you get a wave coming out of nowhere right there's a rogue wave yeah it's one thing to be like okay i got dates coming up that this is this will mark the one year mark that i moved out or Mm -hmm. this will mark the one year that we split up Mm -hmm. or this will mark two years however long it will be or this would have been an anniversary those types of things and those are easy to see coming and sometimes the anticipation is worse than the actual wave the reality of it is, is sometimes you get one that comes out of nowhere. Right. And you think about, oh gosh, why couldn't we work that? Why didn't we work that out? Mm-hmm. And it's a wave of grief. That's it's what it is. It's a wave of grief. Exactly. That's why divorce is a journey. It's not a destination. You don't get to that place and suddenly you're done with all of the divorce. And you don't just find a new person and they replace the old person and now it's over. Right. You're still going to have to deal with that ex. You're going to have to deal with all of that trauma, everything that's packed into ending a portion of your life. Right. Right. Even if you find a doctor in Nashville. Even if he's such a dork. It's true. Well, whatever. I'm sure I had my stories too. We'll just save those for later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there we go. Divorce is a journey. It's not a destination. Yep. So and it does get better. It does get better. It's just a phase. And you have to let it play its course. Learn to embrace those emotions. Let the story develop. And don't don't let it overwhelm you. Keep taking the next step forward. Yep. The next breath. So make sure to find us on Facebook at Welcome to the Wild Podcast on Instagram at WTTW pod. And we are on iTunes and Spotify. Yep. Leave us a review, like us, follow us, share us, share us, tell your friends about us. It sounds so dirty when we say share us. I know. (laughs) Tell your mama about us, whatever it takes. Yeah. Get the word out there. My mom knows. 
<laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> my mom knows Thanks, a lot. Thanks, Barbara. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there we are. Thank you guys so much. And we will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye now. <laughs>